You're listening to St. Pius X Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. Sometimes people ask what was said and Deacon Sam and I exchanged a little few words on my way over. He looked at me and he said, I can still walk better than you. I didn't say it, but I was like, not for long, not for long. This morning, as we continue our series on the sacraments, we uh, take into account the sacrament of baptism. Baptism. Baptism being a sacrament that uh, many of us don't remember. Those of us who were baptized as infants or, or maybe small children as babies. And the sacrament of baptism being the gateway sacrament uh, to all of the other sacraments that might relate to our gospel reading today, someone being the gate, but we'll get to that at the end. But we think of baptism and we know that baptism is a sacrament. We know that when the apostles were being commissioned by Jesus at the end of Matthew's gospels, Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything that I commanded you. Oh, come on, I'm not that bad. <laughs> Mom and Dad, don't worry, it's all good. I'm used to it. It's all fun. Sometimes if we just get quiet, they get quiet. Not all the time, but most of the time. Now I'll try to preach where we can listen, uh, but also not disturb. How's that? And so we think of our baptism. We think of that gateway to the sacrament. We have to go back and understand God's love for us from the very beginning. Remember, he created us good, and then we fell. And baptism was first prefigured, because it's all throughout the Old Testament in so many places. But it was first prefigured with Noah. Okay, so we have Noah, and we have human nature falling all the way down. Huh? Noah, the descendant of, of Shep, and Shep was the good son of Adam and Eve, the one, well, the one who wasn't killed or was thrown out of the garden. So you have this goodness coming through all the way to him, and then Noah is a descendant of Shep. And so in that first prefiguring of baptism, what God did, he got rid of the bad. He said, if I just start all over again, maybe mankind will be good. Unfortunately, that didn't work. It wasn't too long after the flood and the waters had receded that Noah's children became depraved. It didn't work. Now, the sign of that time, by the way, the sign of that washing uh, was really the dove, huh? The dove in the olive branch, meaning that there was a renewal of life and, and a cleansing, a cleansing and a renewal of life. So that first one was cleansing. If I just clean up humankind, it'll be fine. But it didn't work. By the way, where, where do we see the dove? Again, Jesus' baptism, huh? We don't see the olive branch, do we? Guess who the olive branch is? It's Jesus, but we'll get to that. 
So we think of that first part of what God is trying to do for us is to get rid of the bad because we're good and we'll be okay if we just don't eat that darn apple again. Didn't work. Then we move into Exodus. And we move into Exodus and we think of, okay, Israel is oppressed. Oppressed by what? Slavery to sin. Badness. That's what it represents. And so in that oppression, God removes it. And through the waters of the Red Sea, again, we have water, right? They're led through the Red Sea. Because now God's thinking, it's not just about cleansing them. I have to lead them. I have to lead them. And even goes so far as to say that, you know, when the Israelites got through the Red Sea, that, that God did not take them by the way of the Philistines, who were a constant protagonist, I'm sorry, antagonist, of the Israelites, you know, culminating with, of course, you would think David and the Philistine Goliath. But they come through and God says, I have to, I'm not going to take them by the Philistine road. They're going to get scared. So he took them by the route of the Red Sea, which was much longer. It wasn't as close. And I'm sure a lot of those Israelites were thinking, who knew maybe, why are we going the long way around? because that's where God was leading them to the promised land because he knew that's where he wanted to get them. But the covenant there, again, was I'll lead them and I'll guide them and I'll give them these commands. If you're good, good things will happen to you. If you're bad, bad things will happen to you. Follow my commands. If you don't, you'll be cursed. If you do, you'll be blessed. And so it was the covenant of blessing and curse. Blessing and curse. Move forward, if we think about it, at that point, God says, okay, this is what I got to do for him. I got to take away the bad, and I've got to lead him. We still didn't get it. We still didn't get it, because in blessing and curse, it became distorted. Huh? Think of the Pharisees as described in the New Testament. They were worshiping commands, not worshiping God and the love that he had shown, and that's a problem. And so what we have then comes Jesus in his baptism. And as I mentioned a moment ago, the fulfillment, we're going to take that washing away. The dove representing the Holy Spirit also represents peace and renewal. And the olive branch is Jesus himself. God says, not only am I going to wash them, not only am I going to lead them, I'm going to help them do it for themselves. And I will dwell within you. And that's what baptism is. Whether you're a child, whether you're an adult, Regardless of what background we've come from, it is God dwelling in each and every one of us. He is cleansing us. He is leading us. And he's doing it for us by the gift of his grace to help us get to the promised land, to get to heaven. We can never forget that relentless pursuit of us by God. We're the only faith in the world, Christianity, the only faith in the world that doesn't have the primary actor as the person. The primary actor is not us seeking God as in other religions, it's God seeking us. And how much love there is in that. The question is, do we respond? Do we amend our lives? And I mentioned this on Divine Mercy Sunday about confession. To me, Lent is easy. To me, Lent is easy. I mean, okay, you try to establish some disciplines. That part might be a little more or less difficult, but it's just about looking at yourself, where do I need to get better, establishing disciplines, to putting yourself in a position to receive the grace of amendment. And I said, that's what confession's about. It's not just about the forgiveness of sins, wiping away with the bad. 
It's the ability to be led and guided and strengthened by God, by the gift of his grace to change our lives. And if we don't change our lives, then we've had a failed Easter. You have a wonderful Lent and just go, no change. And so here in our reading today, first reading from the Acts of the Apostles, repent and be baptized. Repent means change your mind. Doesn't mean contrition. Change and be baptized. So we do have to cooperate with those baptismal graces. God is not going to impair our freedom. Love is nothing if it's not freely given. It's nothing. Can't, can't have love without freedom. So God will not impair that. He has to have us on board. So we have to agree. We have to consent to the workings of his grace within us. But he's willing to do it. And we should take his evidence of that, you know, his journey during his passion and his death. He was willing to do anything for us, including giving up his life. And so we think of ourselves, we hope, as looking at this Lenten Easter journey as, you know, Easter's just the beginning. It's not the end of Lent. And I mentioned this a couple of times, you know, our daily mass crowds go way up during Lent and they come back down during Easter season. When I say down, it's a great crowd, but it's not double the size that it was during Lent. But we should be looking at the Eucharist, which we'll get to later, you know, as that strengthening for new growth and maybe be at Mass more often during Easter than we do during Lent. Because it's the most important part. Our baptism, the foundational sacrament that we have all received, gives us the grace of discipleship to make the changes that God wants to make in us for our own good because we're not capable of knowing what's good for us. We've been shown that all throughout our salvation history. And so as we think of today, Good Shepherd Sunday, Jesus is the gate and the shepherd and the gatekeeper. He's doing everything. God sent his only begotten son to lead and guide and cleanse and strengthen us along the way of our journey through the desert into the promised land. And along the way, there are bumps and bruises where we need, we need that strengthening. The discipleship was never, ever, ever promised to be easy in Jesus' time. And that's our second reading today, huh? Our second reading, talking about the fact that we ourselves will have trials and that we will have, let's see, let's get the scripture itself. If you are patient when you suffer for doing what is good, this is a grace before God. So what does that tell us? We may suffer while doing good. No more blessing and curse. I wish it were that easy. For you two have been called by name in your baptism, called. Because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. Leading us, guiding us. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. So unlike us, he was an innocent victim completely. We're a mixed bag. We suffer innocently. We suffer culpably. But in the end, it's our baptismal graces that get us through those trials, those struggles, our cross, our mission, our ability to do good. And sometimes, like the Israelites, we want to take shortcuts and do it the easy way. Our world is very disposable, and it's all about convenience. God makes us do it the hard way in one sense. That is the way that is most effective for our salvation. And in that way, we ourselves are able to come to know Christ and to know God's love all the more deeply, whether we know it or not. 
So we rejoice this morning in our baptism. We rejoice this morning in Easter. We look at Easter maybe, I hope, in a different way, the way of difficulty, trial, struggle. Yes, we have joy that at the end of it is eternal life. But in the meantime, we're still needing to work along the way with God by the gift of his grace after he cleanses us and he'll lead and guide us. And hopefully by the gift of his grace, we will be willing to walk the journey of strength that he wants us to walk. And in that, we can take true joy that it's all worth it. And again, that's what Easter is all about. Let's pray for a happy Easter for all of us and a continued wonderful journey in this life to be with him in the next. Hey, that worked pretty good, didn't it? Could everybody hear the homily? I can tell by the last. Good deal. 